Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, who loves us more than we can ask for or begin to imagine, may your Holy Spirit fill my lips with the words that you want spoken and fill the ears of those who listen with the words you want heard. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our first reading today comes from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This is part two for Luke. Part one was the Gospel, and part two is Acts. Part one, the author of uh, the Gospel according to Luke, told us all about the life of Jesus from his birth through his death and resurrection. And now in part two, he tells us about the body of Christ, the life of the church. And you could argue through its death and resurrection with how things end up going in the story. It is the only account we have of the early days of the church. Now we have some other documents, we have some primary sources in the letters of Paul and others. We can infer some things from the Gospels because those are written by the earliest Christians. But this is the only account that we have, which is unfortunate. We have four accounts of Jesus in his life. It'd be nice if we had a few others of these early years, but this is, this is the one we get. And in this account, we can learn a lot about what the early church was like. One of the things that we see in the book of Acts is that the church changed. Things that happened at the very beginning of the book are not necessarily how they did things at the end of the book. For instance, at the beginning of the book, every member of the body of Christ had to give all of their possessions to the apostles. And the apostles give back as you needed it. That didn't survive to the end of the book. Okay, and don't worry, it's not coming back. We're not going to make you hand everything over. Uh, another thing that changed is when they're talking about leadership and who can be in leadership. They're very concerned early on about making this as much like the time they had before Jesus died as possible. And so they want to have 12 because there were 12 that Jesus picked. And so they need to replace Judas because he's no longer part of them. You know that story. We're not going to talk about that today. But uh, so they, they have to replace him. And so they uh, create some criteria. And that criteria is the person who's going to replace Judas has to be someone who is there from the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, right? Both of these things are things they let go of by the end of the book. Um, new apostles aren't necessarily people who were there from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, as you see in Paul, who never even met Jesus during his earthly ministry. And also, they don't care about the 12 anymore. Um, as some of those 12 die off over the course of the book, they don't replace them. Apostles come up in new and different ways than they had at the beginning. So the church is dynamic. It's not static. It's, it's changing ever, ever it has been. If you look at the history of the church, you see a church that has changed over time as we've continued to work through and try to understand what it is that God wants us to do and what God wants us to be. So the church is not a static institution. It's a dynamic one that is shifting and changing as we see in the book of Acts. Another thing we see in the book of Acts is that the church is not of one mind. They never have been. And so the book of Acts goes through all of these differences of opinion. Some of them are really kind of sharp and some of them aren't. 
We see this confirmed in Paul's letters and some of the other letters that the early disciples, uh, the early apostles, they disagreed with each other at times. And sometimes there's a sharp disagreement, sometimes there are minor disagreements. And Paul sometimes uh, kind of has a, takes a strong stand on some of them. And sometimes he just says, it's okay, it's okay. And the important thing is that we keep together. That's where that whole body of Christ image that Paul comes up with comes from. It's a dealing with a moment of conflict within the church. And Paul's saying, it's okay that these people are thinking this is important. These people think this is important. Right? We're all part of the body as long as we all think that this part is important. A lot of these disagreements are about who we are and what we need to do. And today's reading comes from this section in the book of Acts where they're trying to figure out who is a part of the community and what do you need to do to be a part of the community. And this is a sharp disagreement. You see that in this reading where some of the other followers of Jesus criticize Peter that he goes and eats with the Gentiles. They don't think that's appropriate as someone who follows Jesus. He needs to remain pure and separate from those who are not willing to follow the law. And Peter, as we heard, kind of has two reasons why he shifts his view. Because he was once part of that group, but he changes. He has kind of a conversion on this. And there's two reasons he changes. One is he has his vision that he talks about. And then the other reason is because he sees the work of the Holy Spirit in these people. And as the book goes on, it's that second one that really matters. The whole vision thing, like that may have been important for Peter, but doesn't really convince other people. What convinces other people is that they too see the work of the Holy Spirit in this group of people. They see a people who are trying to love God, who are trying to love their neighbor, and who are trying to follow Jesus. And they say that, that is what matters. And the Holy Spirit shows that because in these folks, you see all those wonderful fruits of the Spirit, that gentleness, that kindness, that love, that compassion, that care, that generosity. It's all there in these people. So because of that, why would we not have them be a part of this community? It's a question of what their identity is and what our identity is as followers of Jesus. And all of these other things, they say, we can disagree with them. You can follow certain of those laws if you want to, but you don't have to. The center of our faith is this issue of love. Desiring to love God, desiring to love our neighbor. Trying to follow Jesus, who is the incarnation of love in this world. We are meant to be this community that centers on that love, as our offertory hymn is going to put it in a little while. That fellowship of love, as our recessional hymn is going to put it a little bit later. We're supposed to be a community of love. And so whatever metaphor you want to use for the church, right? So if you want to say that the church is like the solar system, what we orbit around, our star, it's love. If you want to say that the church is a building being constructed, the plumb line of our life is love. If you want to say that we are a symphony, then the tuning note of the orchestra is love. We are meant to focus in 
on that love, all the other stuff. We can disagree, we're gonna work through it, but this is the center. That's what we're trying to do today in this community, trying to be that community of love. Today is Giving Day. It is a day, as you'll hear more about later, a day for us to offer gratitude to God for the community of love, to celebrate the community of love, and to support the community of love so that we can keep trying to be that community, offering love to a world that so desperately needs love. Now, it is no secret that uh, there are a lot of disagreements in this world today, and some of those are right here in the pews, certainly. And some of those disagreements are sharp. I know for many of us, it feels like they're becoming sharper with time. And in the midst of that, we are called, we are sent forth to try and remind ourselves in this community and also the world to act in love with each other. That we may not get it all right right now, that's okay, but we need to stick together in love, trying to understand how it is that we can live ever more deeply into that love. That love that we are focused on, that love that is the center of our faith, is the same love that is God. As 1 John says, God is love. That love that is the center of our faith is that love that was incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ. That love is the same love that Jesus taught us in our gospel today where he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. It is that love that went to the cross and that love that was raised on the third day that we celebrate during this Easter season. That is all part of the same thing. And we are to see that love, to embrace that love, and then try to share that love with others. Amen. Amen.